podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. Have you noticed, and, and we're all, you know, we're all of a, an ilk where we may have noticed these things, that new things don't last. Anybody notice that? Doesn't really matter how old you are, new things do not last. I had a, uh, as a kid, a, a PlayStation. I know when the time was right. Prior to that, it was uh, an Amiga 600. Anybody remember that? Ooh, long time ago. My brother had a Super Nintendo, SNES. Be worth a fortune now, that would. But I had a PlayStation as a kid, and then, you know, it only took a year or two, didn't it? And then there was a PS2, and I was out of date. And I never really recovered, I'll be honest. <laughs> but new things, they do not seem to last. What was once shiny and plush and new has begun to show its age. I don't know why you laughed then. I was just, you know, stroking my strong masculine jawline. <laughs> but the reality is that things don't seem to last forever. We had a, a, a new car when Jack was born so that we were safe. Just before Jack came along, we got this car that had an NCAP five-star European rating. It was the only reason we bought it, that and Lol liked it. But nevertheless, we bought this car and it was, you know, super nice for a, a period of time and I tried my best to keep up to it and it was white in colour, so it got dirty really quick and inside the door shuts and all that, it all got dirty and greasy and, well, you know, that car is now no longer with us. Not because we've sold it on to somebody new, it didn't even make its 13th birthday, it got scrapped. How sad is that? Didn't even make 13 years old, but that's the reality. Jack, we're hoping that you uh, stick on to your 13, mate. We don't want you going to the scrap heap just yet, my man. But the reality is that new things do not seem to last. The newness doesn't last forever. It wears off on almost, almost everything. I mean, toddlers, for example, once, they once were beautiful babies. Uh, this wasn't planned, by the way. Sorry about that, Zoe. <laughs> as, as Zoe takes out the toddler. But they were once beautiful little tiny creatures that smile and when they've got wind, you know, and, and they, they're just beautiful. And then it's not long before you trade them in for a bar of galaxy. Now, listen, you're all a little bit judgmental there. All right, a pack of Haribo. Whatever it might be, but nevertheless... The newness wears off and the kids grow and it all becomes a, a reality. Of course, I'm joking. I wouldn't ever train my children for a bar of galaxies. Somebody else's, possibly. Anyway, so Paul says here in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 3 and verse 7 through 18, he explains to the church, those in Corinth, of a glory that lasts forever. Not this transient life that we're so used to, stuff that comes and breaks and goes and then something new comes in and it doesn't, long, it doesn't take long before that also breaks and goes. But a glory that not only lasts forever, but as we're going to see from the word, is ever increasing. How wonderful would that be? 
Something that just gets better and better and better. We'd like that, wouldn't we? We'd all buy a new car if we thought it was going to last and get better and better and better. Something that gets better but not worse. Now he, Paul, is in the middle of explaining the new covenant, which is really simple, that we have in Christ as Christians a new promise that is in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's in Christ, it's through Christ, it's because of Christ. But for, for everything that we have to consider, he's saying that there should be something from an outward display, yes, but also inwardly that we are being renewed. And when opportunities come along then, as Paul is going to explain to us the way that we live our life, we live for Christ, and as opportunities come along that we're able to share this gospel, this good news about the Lord Jesus. We're able to share that with those around about us. And the section that, that Paul's covering now goes from chapter 2 verse 14, for those theologians among you, <laughs> that goes all the way to chapter 6 through 18. And this particular section, because we don't have time in the three hours that we've got this morning to cover all of that, making sure you're listening. We've, uh, we're going to just focus on just a few verses that allows us to see what Paul is sort of getting at when he talks of a greater glory in the new covenant and our position in the ministry to share with people all about what Christ has done for us. So let's have a read. Uh, sorry, we've read. Let me pray and then we'll, we'll dig in. Heavenly Father, we just ask that as we've read your word, as we have thought about what you're going to say to us today through it, Father, that you bless us, that you'd encourage us. Lord, that you'd speak to us through it. We thank you once again, Lord, for this opportunity. And we pray, Lord, that you would just open up your scripture to us that we just understand what we have in and through the Lord Jesus Christ, that without him we are on our way to a Christless eternity, but all because of your love for us, that we have this wonderful promise that through your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, we can have life and life eternal. So just bless us now as we share together, as we read together, we ask these prayers in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So when Moses, right back in Exodus, when he received the Ten Commandments from God, that's Exodus chapter 3, uh, 29 through 30, his face, the word says, shone bright. Just a glow, an aura about him. Why? Well, because he'd been in the presence of God. As he was up Mount Sinai, he received the Ten Commandments and his face just, just reflected as best it could, the glory of God as he'd been in his presence. But the reality, as Paul has explained to us already, the reality of those commandments was that they weren't actually life-giving or on the outside looking in, they didn't seem life-giving at all. They looked like, listen, now if the ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letters on stone, came with glory, so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory, transitory though it was, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? And that sounds like a whole mouthful of words that seems a little bit confusing. But the reality is, Moses was given the Ten Commandments. Do this, do that, and you will get to here. And we look at those and we go, well, they're impossible to keep, God. 
You think God didn't know that? He absolutely knew that. He knew full well that we could not keep the perfect law. It was impossible for us. So you go, well, God, why did you do that? Why did you give us a load of commandments that we could never possibly adhere to? We would always let ourselves down. And God did that to show us that we needed a saviour. Off our own back, we're not going to achieve it. Off our own power and merit, it's not going to happen. We will fall down at some point. And you look at a few of them and you think, I've got them, they're all right. But the reality is, there is no way that we can keep, no human is able to keep those commands. So God said, look, here is a set of rules that I know you can't keep. But what he was pointing to was a saviour in the Lord Jesus Christ. What he was pointing to was somebody who didn't fall short of God's glory, as we know we do, the Romans 3.23 that I share with you all the time, that we've all sinned and fall short of God's glory. He needed, we needed somebody who wasn't going to fall short of God's glory to be our saviour. In order then for us, you and me, little old you and me, to pass from death to life. To have the opportunity to come into the presence of this holy and perfect God who Moses was in the presence of for just a short time and his face was so bright he put a veil over it because people couldn't, couldn't even look at it. The very God who put the stars into space as Moses was in his presence, he, he radiated God's beauty. So then God said to you and I today, because you can't achieve that law, I'm going to send somebody in your place. And God, dressed in human flesh, came down as the Lord Jesus Christ. He came down because he doesn't fall short of God's glory because he is God. Came down dressed in human form, Jesus himself, in order to complete the law, but also die in our place. The only perfect, spotless lamb that was ever possible was God himself in flesh. Don't you find it amazing? You think about your own walk in life. How many people are willing to put themselves in your place and say, I'll take all of the baggage that you've got, I'll bear it on myself, and you just walk free? Well, the reality is that life isn't like that, is it? Yet God has said, I will take all of your sin, all of the stuff that you've done wrong, that you're going to do wrong, the stuff that separates you from me. And he could say, you're on your own, but he didn't. He said, I'm going to come down and I'm going to complete the law because there's only one who is perfect and that's God in flesh. I'll deal with that. And then I will take your place. And I will bear the punishment that you deserve. And you say, God, why would you do that? Why would you do that for me? I don't deserve that. Well, no, you don't. And neither do I. But the answer is love. It's always love. That agape love that the Bible talks about. That unconditional love that God loves you enough to have come down dressed in human form, to take upon himself all of the punishment that we deserve. And he, he took that for us. 
It's almost unfathomable. This side of glory, I don't think we can grasp it. And I've mentioned before, if you read through Revelation, even the angels look into it and they're confused. Like, why would you do that, God? They don't deserve that. And they, we don't. But nevertheless, God has done that for you and for me. And Paul says, look, remember, Moses came down from the mountain. He was glowing so much that he had to place a veil over his face. That was from receiving a ministry, as the word says, a ministry that brought death. Imagine then, if Moses had come down bearing a ministry that brought life. <laughs> you with me? That's what Paul's saying. Look, Moses came down glowing. Well, the reality is that we're all condemned and we fall short of the glory of God. He came down the mountain glowing. How much more glorious then is the realisation that through Christ we have a glory that isn't transient but that lasts forever. In fact, the word says that it's being renewed. Isn't that incredible? That it's not just stationary, it gets better. It's not just, you know, the car that you purchased 10 years later is absolutely still perfect. No, it's got better. It gets better and be there is nothing on planet Earth that gives you that. Nothing. And there are a lot of people that have looked. There is only the good news of Jesus Christ that he can give us life and life eternal and a, and a joy and a, a ministry and a glory that gets better and better and better. So how much glorious is the ministry that gives life? But Paul goes on to say, because Moses put a veil over his face and we go, well, that's because he was so, so bright, so radiant. But the reality is that it didn't last. And the last thing that you want as a leader is people to see that the glow that you've got has started to fade. Because that's not a good look, is it? So actually, Paul says that the reality is, yes, in the first instance, but actually the reality is that Moses put a veil over his face because he didn't want the Israelites to see that the glory that Moses had received from being in the presence of God was fading. Because they're thinking, well, the law is going to save us. Moses knew full well it wasn't going to because they couldn't keep to it. And the, the radiance that he had begins to fade. So the veil goes over his face in order for those that are around to not get disappointed and think, what on earth's going off? Because you see, the reality of what Moses bought, it was temporary. This is the law. Try to adhere to it. We can't. Points to a saviour. And the Bible then goes on to say, as we have a look in verse 16, but whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the word says the veil is taken away. And now the Lord, uh, the spirit of the Lord, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Now, it then goes on to say, and we all who, wear, um, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, we're being transformed into his image and in, uh, with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And you might think to yourself this morning, as, as I often do, that I'm nothing to look at. And that's the truth. And we look at ourselves in the mirror and we think, oh, there's so many things you change, isn't there? Just, well, okay, that's just me. <laughs> there's so many things that we would change. The newness of life begins to take its toll. It wears off. And the reality breaks through. 
But we have, the word says, as we put our faith and our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, we have unveiled faces. We've passed from death to life. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 14, I'll just read it to you so that you can, uh, so you can understand what Paul's saying here as well. This is why it is said, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. So that you and I, the veil in that sense has been lifted. Our, our old self is done with. We are new in Christ, and now we shine because we are reflecting the radiance of the sun, the Lord Jesus Christ, S-O-N. And sometimes, and the reality is, it doesn't always show, does it? Because life isn't easy. If anybody tells you that it is, they're lying. Life is not easy. So we don't always show the radiance from this face. But inwardly, the word says, inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. We'll get there. That our uh, role then as the church is to share this superior ministry. To share, as Paul has already said, what has happened. And the reality then of what has occurred in our lives because of what Christ has done. That we then, as the church, and globally as the church in inverted commas, careful what I say, but the church, that we are able to show and to share the love of God. Why? Because we're anything? No, but because Christ is everything. That I'm able to share the love of God, God willing, we're able to share the love of God because we are filled to the full measure and the love of God overflows. And sometimes outwardly my face doesn't say I'm happy usually on a Monday morning. But the reality is that inside, I am being renewed day by day by day. That God has given me and you the opportunity at life and life eternal. It's mind-blowing that God would do it, but that's what he's done. He said, I am going to give you everything that you need in order to come to me. And all we have to do is say, Lord, I am sorry for the wrong things that I've done. I'm sorry for the sin in my life. Lord, come into my heart and change me from the inside out. It is as simple as that. Reuben, seven years of age. It is that simple. And then there are things that he doesn't yet understand. Church, let me tell you, there are things that I do not yet understand. Because that is the word of God. There are things that I look at and I'm like, Lord, I need a little bit more. But the reality is the gospel is simple. That we have a saviour who loves us. There is, a, there is a law. God said, keep that, get to heaven. It's impossible, God. So here's Jesus. Here is me in flesh and I'm going to take your place. I am going to allow weak human beings to nail me to a cross. And a crown of thorns thrust upon my head because that's what you think is good. And you're going to punish me and I'm going to bear the full weight of everybody in here globally that's ever been, that is ever going to be until the Lord returns. I'm going to bear all of their sin upon myself. And that is what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for you. Listen, church, this is a fantastic, superior ministry that Paul has showed to us this morning. And we have the opportunity to share that on a daily basis as people talk to us, as we share, as we live life with people. 
that even though life has its ups and downs, our relationship with the Lord isn't affected, amen? That we stand firm on all that he's done for us. So our role as a church is to share. Paul has detailed it for us. He's shown us what Christ has done, what we've received, how it shows on the inside, and God willing, on the outside too. We have a glory that lasts. A glory that's being renewed, that gets better and better in Christ. The newness does not wear off. And what a joy that is, eh? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for your word now. And as we just take a moment to just reflect, as we listen to the words of the song, I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit might move and that lives might be changed. Father, as your gospel has been preached, Father, as your word has been held to, we ask, Lord God, that you would move. And we pray, Lord God, for all of those that don't yet know you as Lord and Saviour. And Father, we celebrate together as a church for just a young life that's been saved. What a blessing, Lord. What a privilege we have as your children. Encourage us and strengthen us uphold as we pray in Jesus' name. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.